Hello there, it's Gareth here and welcome to this episode 65 of the podcast. I hope you're well. So today I'm talking about being prepared. Now, the reason I'm doing this episode today is because this weekend or last weekend, I was testing out something. And the reason I was testing out something last weekend was because of something that happened last year, 5th of December last year. So this has all got to do with being prepared. So what do I tell you about first? I tell you about what I've been in this weekend first or what I did in December. Right, I'm going to briefly tell you. This weekend, I was out walking, and while I was out walking, I was testing out a new piece of kit. Okay, so that's what I was doing this weekend. Now, the reason I was testing that kit out this weekend is because of something that happened on the 5th of December. So I'm going to explain exactly what that was, because this is a bit of a story, actually. And I'm going to try to... I'm not going to embellish it. But I also have to um, I have to give you the full kind of atmospheric um, story behind this day in December, 5th of December, 2020. Now, on that particular day, it, it happened to be a Saturday, and as most Saturdays find us, we'll be out walking with me and Sue. Now, on this weekend, there was only two of us, because through most of 2020 and, and pretty much this year, in fact, a lot of 2019, we did walk with, with our friend Rianne. Now, Rianne listens to the podcast. Hello, Rianne. I hope you're well. Um, but Rianne didn't join us on this walk. I don't know where she was. Anyway, whatever she was doing, she, we were, there were just me and Sue this weekend. And we decided to go and have a bit of a drive and do a walk we'd not done before, which is nothing unusual. And one thing that I kind of do pride myself on is the ability to be able to navigate and plan routes. But it was in an area we knew, and it was just outside Derbyshire. It was near a place called Buxton. Now, for those of you who don't know the UK, the north of England, if you do know the UK, it's the other side of... Um, it was getting on to, going towards Sheffield. It's Derbyshire in the, in, the, in the Peak District. So we decided we were going to go down there. And just as a bit of kind of extra um, kind of background into this tale... Um, you need to understand a bit about Sue and what she likes, and Sue likes snow. Sue was this big thing about being out in snowy conditions, um, probably more so than me. I mean, I like the snow, I like to see the snow. If I'm honest, I do like to see the snow from a window or in, out of a car. Um, to be out in it's nice, but not, I don't have the same love for being in the snow that Sue does. So when we set off to go down to, to, to Derbyshire and to start the walk, there was a kind of, if you looked at the weather forecast, there was a chance of some snow. So Sue was really excited about this. So she was really excited about the fact that we might see some some snow because up to that point, we'd not seen any that year. And, you know, she does like snow. So we get off, we park his car up. And when we got there, we ended up going... To get to it, we have to go over something which is quite a high pass. It's called Snake Pass. And it's well known because normally when the snow comes anywhere at all, even if there's no snow in kind of the, the areas around this place, snow, snow, Snake Pass, snow, Snake Snake Pass generally gets blocked quite easily because it's quite high up. So as we're going over Snake Pass, uh, there was a bit of snow. There was a little bit of snow on the side of the roads, and it, there was clearly, if you look at the fields, they looked quite white, and it looked right kind of, I don't know, atmospheric, and it looked beautiful. And Sue's really, really excited, and I were excited because it was the first time I'd seen snow, and I thought, oh, this is lovely. A little smattering of snow will be lovely for our walk today. It'll make it feel all festive, you know, and it was the 5th of December, so we were approaching the Christmas time, weren't we? So I thought, oh, it's all very nice. We parked up, got out of his car, and we, we started the walk. Now, I'd, I'd planned this walk, and because I know a bit about the navigation, I knew that the walk itself started off, and it went up quite quickly, quite fast. So we were, we were going to start off at one level, but we are going to go to quite a high level relatively quickly. 
So as we set off, um, first kind of half a mile, 40, you know, 40 minutes or so, which is generally about kind of a mile and a half for us. So from about kind of half a mile, 20 to 40 minutes, when we get to about a mile and a half, the, the conditions were getting snowier. You know, we, we'd start off on like a little smattering of snow, and now there was a proper covering of snow. You know, it wasn't anything thick by any means, but there was a covering of snow. Again, Sue's glee and delight is growing as we get higher up and more snow pace. She's so excited. Now, the thing about walking that I know is your conditions can change very quickly. You know, this is just a fact. You know, I've been out walking some days in bright sunshine and then minutes later, you know, you can be you can be in some kind of downpour and it can get very cold very quick. So we had some gear with us, you know, we had us waterproofs and all that. So I knew we weren't going to get caught out with the cold um, because we had, us, we had us jackets and that on and we carried a bit of gear in his backpacks. So as we get going, it's it's lovely. But as we got higher up, we, you, you, the walk took us from like the, this kind of car park and then we walked up to a ridge and the idea was we walk along this ridge to our kind of um, point of halfway, halfway point. But as we started to get higher up, there were people coming down from this path um, and, and all of them are saying the same thing because when you're out walking, you tend to say hello to people, hello, how are you doing, all right, mm, how are you doing? And I started asking the obvious question, you know, because the conditions now as we got a little bit higher up, the, the cloud had come down, it was getting very cloudy. And the visibility wasn't as good as it was on on sort of lower level. So we started losing a bit of visibility. The snow's getting a little bit thicker and a bit more persistent. Um, the temperature's dropped. So as people are coming down, I'm sort of asking, hey, where, have you been to Trig Point up there? Have you been to the top? And one block says, oof, no, I ain't going up there, mate. You know, it's ridiculous. It's, it's impassable. Now, Sue's in front of me at this point and still marching on in a kind of effervescent way. She's excited to be in the snow. And it's up to a kind of waist at this point. It's up to my knees. And I'm sort of saying, well, it's, it's worse up there. Oh, I said, yeah, yeah, you can't get to a trig point. It's ridiculous. So I just called Sue back and I said, look, this guy says, you know, this is happening. And I thought, we'll probably keep going because, you know, it might be just one man's opinion. He might not be used to walking. He didn't look particularly used to walking. I have to be honest, he had like kind of sports gear on as opposed to proper walking gear. But a couple of other people came down. They're saying the same thing. This is really, really bad. So there's, at a point, which was, I, knew, I know what it was because I looked at my watch, three miles into the walk. So we still had two miles to go to get to the halfway point and the, the highest point. So two miles to go, three miles in, two miles to go to the highest point. I said to Sue, look, this needs, we need to think about this, you know. Looking back, I could still vaguely make out where we'd started from. It was in like a valley and I could kind of vaguely see it. So I thought, we know where we've got to go back to. I says, look, it's looking a bit poor up there, these guys are saying, and the conditions are really coming in now. I think we should turn back. Now... Sue is not a particularly um, kind of um, angry or aggressive person, but she's got a face that she shouldn't play poker because she can always tell what's on her mind by looking at her face. And she had this look of disappointment, like some kind of sort of puppy dog looking at her eyes. Oh, I wanted to go to the top. I like the snow. And I thought, oh. So there's a bit of me kind of, there's this there's his head saying, hang on, these conditions are getting worse. We shouldn't really be out in these. They're starting to look a little bit, kind of naughty these conditions let's just go back to the car we'll be back there in an hour we can keep warm and we can come back another day we're still seeing some snow so i, so I said well you know it's getting wet. but these puppy dog eyes beat me okay i was overcome by so puppy dog eyes and i said okay then let's keep going this is where the story descends into something which for me was my 
most challenging moment on the hills I have ever had. And I've had some fairly challenging ones. Prior to this one, the most challenging situation I had was I was up on Ben Nevis, which is the highest point in the United Kingdom. I was on the top of there, almost being overcome by a little bit of hypothermia. I got very cold, very wet, and I started to feel a bit dodgy. And I think if it wasn't for the group I was walking with, I could have been in a lot of trouble. And I thought that was kind of as bad as it was going to get. Keep going with this story because this does get worse. Literally, after we kept going, so from this three-mile point, we kept going. And 10 or 15 minutes after that, we could see nothing. It was a complete whiteout. There was nothing. We could see nothing. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face kind of thing. There was that. It was that bad was the snow. On top of that, there's no visibility because there's kind of low cloud and, and it's mist. And we could we could pick up no path. There's no way to we, there's no way to know whether you're on a path or not. And this is a route, to be honest. Which the path itself is at best a little bit of a kind of a, a bit of pushed down grass. There's no kind of proper path. This is a very very funny part of the world. And there's big potholes. We kept going into potholes, and you're down into your, up to your knees, and you're going into kind of very wet cold water. So I'm getting colder and wetter. I think at this point. The snow that was up to Sue's waist, the mile or so back, is now almost up to her chest. It's up to my kind of waist now, and I'm six foot one, so that's a high lot. You know, it must have been nearly three foot high, this snow. And we kept going, and at this point then, I'm starting to get really concerned. I thought, this is fucking stupid, you know. Um, the conditions are terrible. We were so slow. So the thing about 5th of December is you also have a problem with light. Once you get to sort of, after lunchtime, 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the, the, the sun goes down quickly, then the conditions plummet with the temperatures. And if you're not careful, you know, it's dark before 4 o'clock. It would have been even worse than this day because there, there was no real light because it was cloudy. Anyway, at this point I'm getting a bit annoyed. I'm having to use my phone to navigate, which is not a problem, I'm used to using my phone. But I'm not used to using my phone in the cold. And what I didn't know then, but I do know now, is if you use your phone outside in cold conditions, it will run the battery down incredibly quickly. So my phone, which was on pretty much full charge when we set off, is like down to 10 and 15% now. And I started to realise I had got no charger with me. I'd got one of the, you know, the charger battery pack things you carry. I hadn't brought that with me. My hands were getting cold. I brought no spare gloves. Because the weather conditions said it would be cold, but it wouldn't be freezing, so I didn't bring me extra gloves. My head's getting wet. Sue's kind of, at this point, still starting to realise that I'm getting a bit annoyed here. And we thought, well, as long as we can get to the halfway point, at least we get to the halfway point, I know a, I know a way off that hill. Because there was no way we were going back the way we'd come. I couldn't see the path. The conditions were too terrible. We'd been climbing up most of this, and going down it would have been treacherous because it was very icy going up. It would have been worse going down. So the plan was, if we could get to the trig point and know me way off the trig point, it wouldn't take us back to the car, but it would take us to a road. On that road, we could hail down a taxi or call a taxi. The problem now is I couldn't call a taxi because I thought, in another 15%, my phone's going off. And I need it for navigation. Without that, I'm knackered. So this was a point I went into walking, and it was the first time I realised that I had gone into that day completely ill-prepared. We eventually got to the trig point, and it wasn't because of the sat navigation. We ended up hearing some people sort of talking and, and laughing and joking. And we thought, well, if we get to the people, the people must be somewhere. And we kind of worked out where the trig point should be. 
So we eventually get to the trig point. And at this point then, the snow is, it, it must have been five, four foot, five foot deep in drift some places. My battery's completely gone. I'm cold. I thought, well, have us lunch here. But even getting the sandwiches out and opening your, taking your gloves off to, to kind of open the flask and stuff, it were causing some serious issues with this. Anyway, I won't go on about the story. You get the point. It's quite dramatic. And at this point, I think Sue also knows we've probably copped out a bit here. We ended up having a bit of a lucky break in the fact I did know the way off the mountain on the other side. Once we got down, because it drops off the other side quite quickly, the, the, the path started to appear, and we kind of eventually made our, our way to the road. And luckily enough, I did have enough charge in my phone to make one phone call. didn't have to be a taxi. Um, what I actually was, again, very fortuitous about on this, or we were very fortuitous about on this day, was the road we were going to was about a mile and a half away from two friends I've got up there, both of them have been in this podcast, Rianne Evans, we've talked about it already, and John Steele, he lives close by. I thought, one of them must be in, I'm sure I can get a lift, and then if worst comes to worst, I can get a taxi. I'll even walk into the town down there. Happened Rianne was in, she came and got us, and it ended with much merriment and fun, and she drove us back to the car and we drove home. And we laugh about it to this day, the day we almost died on Black Hill. And I'm not being dramatic about that. If we'd have been caught out, we were probably 10 or 15 minutes, in my view, from being in serious trouble. We wouldn't be able to phone anybody. We wouldn't be able to get out of that situation. You know, it could have been very, very bad. But it wasn't. I'm still here to tell the tale. So that was the reason this weekend I was out testing something, right? Okay, so I've gone on about that a bit. But I wanted to tell you that story, mainly because I wanted to tell you for some time. And also, I think it highlights, you know, even me who knows a bit about some stuff, sometimes you can be ill-prepared. Right. We ended up going to a shop, or I recently went to a shop, and I bought a emergency shelter. Let me tell you what these are. If you ever get caught out in some serious conditions, cold, wet, rain, wind, this is like a kind of almost like a big, it's like a tent you put over yourself. I mean, it's not a tent with poles and kind of things to pin down at the side. It's just a, it's like a small, what else am I looking for? It's like a bag, really. It's like, it's like a big, oh, that's a better word. It's like a big waterproof jacket that you put over four people, you sit inside, it's kind of oblong, one, pe one person sits at each corner and it gives you some rigidity to, to the structure. It allows you to keep warm, keep wet, or keep dry, and keep the wind out for small periods of time. You know, you couldn't live in it, but for instance, when we were up there that day, it would have made the difference. We could have sat in there, got warm, and we could have worked out where we were, tried to come up with a plan. Um, so I wanted to get one of these, so I bought one, and then this weekend we tested it. So... It was 16 degrees, good conditions. We had a little bit of rain, but not much. And there we were, me, Sue, and we, Ram was with us this time. We were testing out this little shelter. And at the end of it, I was chuffed because the bottom line is it works well. Um, I, I will take that now with me every time I go on a walk in winter. Um, it doesn't take up a lot of space in my rucksack, so it's something that's very light to carry. But it's really, really important that I was, I'm going to be prepared going forward because after that 5th of December debacle, I said I would never be caught out again. And as well as that, since that day, I mean, I've only just bought the shelter because, you know, I kind of thought we wouldn't perhaps need it through summer. But one thing that I have been doing since that day is I never leave the house without walking, without carrying some kind of phone, charger and lead with me. So if my phone does run out, I can recharge it. And that became something that became just non-negotiable. Inside my rucksack is a special first aid kit and a few bits and pieces that goes with me everywhere. One of those bits of kit is the, the battery pack. But you see there how not being prepared for that walk caught me out. 
And you could say, well, you didn't know about that, you know, you know, you could have done this, you know, you didn't know the conditions were going to be bad. This is the problem, isn't it? When we have things that come up that we really should have been prepared for, we don't always know they're going to happen. That's why being prepared is so vital. I've told you my story about the walking. That's why I had this bit of kit this weekend. I was testing it out. It's going to come with me now going forward. And I just kind of want to use that as a kind of, just some kind of, ex a bit of a kind of story from my experience about why being prepared is important. Now that was specifically to do with walking and being outside, physical activity. But being prepared is important in every aspect of your life, not just in your hobbies, not just in your career, in every aspect of your life. Because the one thing I tend to find is people that prepare better have better experiences. I mean, I don't know what this is, whether you can kind of empathise with some of this. I bet if you look back at some of the moments in your life when things have been gone horribly wrong, it's because at some level you didn't prepare well enough. You can normally channel it back or, or kind of tr track it back to somewhere you didn't prepare well enough and then this happened. I've done this with my car before. How many times have you gone out when you can? You know you need to put some air in your tyres, but you just don't. And the next thing you know, you forget about it. You didn't prepare by putting the air in. And the next thing you know, you've got a flat or it's run, it's cracked the side of the tyre. The, 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 the you know, something again, preparation is something you maybe don't expect, but you should look at. Do I expect this to happen to me? No, but I'll prepare for it in case it does. Being prepared. Somebody once says, if we don't, if we don't, what is it? If we don't fail, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Does that make sense? I think that's what they say anyway. But planning and preparation are similar. Preparation is looking ahead and saying, right, what may happen in this scenario? And am I fully prepared for any eventualities? Now, some people will find this a little bit kind of, if you like, boring. They'll say, oh, no, no, no. You know, we don't want to prepare. We just want to kind of just go with the flow. Let me tell you, if you're dealing with something that's important, you need to make sure you prepare. Last weekend, I went to a meeting, and in that meeting, um, we had some information to read, and I did so much preparation before that meeting. Um, and to be honest, it was obvious that the meeting I went into, some of the people hadn't prepared as well as me, and it, they were found wanting. So when you prepare, not only does it make you more effective, but it gives you more confidence. Because I knew when, when I went into that meeting last week that I was fully prepared for every eventuality. When I went walking this weekend, okay, I didn't need the, the shelf that was a bit, of a bit of a kind of a practice session, but I'm still prepared and I go walking now. There's always, like I said, the phone charges in there. Always make sure I've got something to, 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 I'll tell you what I do carry. It sounds silly. Extra pair of laces for my shoes. What if your laces bust? What are you going to tie them up with? Okay, things like extra laces, some, some painkillers, some things for blisters. These things might never be used, but if you're prepared, you have confidence. And that's what preparation gives you. It gives you confidence. So if you ask, so right now you'll be somebody who falls into one or two categories. You'll either fall into, yes, I'm, I am a, a person who's always prepared. If you are, kudos to you. Keep it going because it's serving you well. Or you'll be somebody who says, nah, I don't really plan. I don't plan much. And I guarantee some of the stress you may be facing, and you will be facing some if you don't prepare, is because you don't prepare. So start becoming more effective at preparing. And I think being a prepared kind of person is a more of a mindset thing. You sort of get into a stage where you prepare. You, you kind of, you start off, you may have to force it at first if you're not naturally a person who does prepare. But eventually it becomes a habit and it becomes just a way of thinking that, that becomes quite comfortable. Um, I'm in my office this morning recording this podcast and looking across the office, there's a little bag across there. It's not that little, it's a rucksack. But inside that rucksack, I've got a camera, 
got a, a camcorder so to record videos. I've got something to record um, sound on so I can do a podcast. I've got um, a little one of my iPads in there. I've got um, another another power pack. You know, what I've got. What I'm saying is I'm, I'm prepared there to be able to leave this house quickly and work if something occurs. So let's say I have to go somewhere very quickly. I get called out to to be somewhere. I can take all my work with me just by picking that bag up. Now, I haven't had to pick it up and nip out for a long time to use it, but it's still there and I'm still prepared. I have the same thing with me kind of running gear on the morning. I tend to keep it all in one place. If I need to move it quickly and get out of the house fast, I'm prepared. I might have a situation where I have a little um, wallet, which I keep some money in, inside my car. Why? I'm always prepared. Never take it out of my car. It's just a few quid. It's not a lot of money, but it's enough money to be able to, for any emergencies, I keep it in my car. In the back of my car, I've got things like bottled water i've got some stuff in there like i've got a spare raincoat a pair of shoes just in case you know just to be prepared i once got accused of being a bit weird about this for something i do prepare for which is i prepare to go to restaurants i'll explain this to you when i get invited to go out for a meal somewhere as soon as i know what the restaurant is the first thing i do is go on and i download the menu when i walk into a, a restaurant even if it's months in advance I've been told about it. I will know when I walk through that door exactly what I'm eating because I've gone through the menu. I've made my choice already. People say, why do you do that? It takes the fun out of it. I disagree. I actually think preparing for stuff adds, allows you to have more fun in the thing you're doing. You know, I know I can walk now in the summer, or the winter, sorry, in the cold conditions and have fun and enjoy it. I can enjoy the snow because I know that I'm never going to get into trouble because I've now got my emergency shelter and my power pack. So I'll never get lost. I'll never get out. And if I do fall over and twist my ankle, I've got a, 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 a bandage there in my, my first aid kit. And if my shoes, um, shoelaces split, I've got a spare pair of them. So it allows me to have fun because I know I'm prepared. Same when I go to that restaurant, people say, oh, you take the fun out of it. No, I'm, I actually get a little forward to it. When I know I'm going to a restaurant now, people say, well, a lot of people who don't do what I do, they'll say, oh, I'm looking forward to going there. I bet I've heard it's a great restaurant. Well, I go, oh, I'm looking forward to going there. They do a great lasagna. They do a great this. They do a great fish dish. I prepare. So you can prepare by having things. You can be prepared with having the right equipment or you can be prepared by having the right information. So whatever you're going into, Personally or professionally, make sure you add a dose of preparation. Have you got the resources you need? Have you looked at all the eventualities? Because if you start to have that kind of mindset, you'll find out you'll never be, you'll never have any major surprises you can't handle because you'll always be prepared to some degree. And I think it makes you more effective. It reduces your stress. And quite honestly, I like it. I like preparing. There's something fun about preparing. And this weekend, if we never get to use... That emergency shelter, because it's, there's some, some serious conditions, I won't be bothered about that. I'm not looking to go out and spend more time in ridiculous snow and rain. You know, if we need it, it's there. We might never have to use it. But the fact we went out this weekend and played about it and tested it was a lot of fun. So I will end this podcast today by saying, if you don't prepare, start doing it. Get some preparation done. I guarantee it'll make your life a bit easier and you'll thank me for it someday. Okay, right, I've got to go now because I've got to prepare for something else I'm doing later on this week. So until the next podcast, thank you for listening and you lot take care.